When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor at How Stuff Works. I'm here, as always, with Ben. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Scott? Also doing well, thank you. And uh, you know what? I've got a, a question for you. Actually, you, you brought this up, and you had mentioned that you had seen a, a program, and I think it was a, a Jay Leno's Garage-type program, right? Yes, yep. Where he had created his own car parts. Yes, he had created his own car parts in a very unbelievable science fiction type manner. Uh, basically, here's what he did, and I understand if you don't believe me, but I have some facts and figures to back this up. Mm-hmm. So amidst all of his other talents in the entertainment industry, uh, Jay Leno is sort of a renaissance man, especially when it comes to automobiles. Yes. And you know, most car enthusiasts like you and I know that this guy has these just great cherry rides yes unbelievable collection mm -hmm, and well maintained yes but some of them are so uh so antiquated and and, and such old uh vehicles that there are no parts made for them you know no matter Mm -hmm. how much money and how much time you have and so he has a system whereby he can scan a part or a place where a part should be take that information and have it printed out uh, a built fabricated is the correct word yeah. uh, in three dimensions so not just a uh, not just a paper rendering or a design of a let's see a feed water heater which is how he started with this but a piece that is uh, three dimensions three dimensional accurate enough that you can make a metal cast off of it and create a usable part so the part that he made wasn't metal it was something else right right the okay yes is it plastic or what was it 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 was a kind of plastic a plastic okay i think i know what this is what is it rapid prototyping he he had a 3d printer Mm -hmm. or a um it could be a stereolithography machine um there's there's a bunch of different types of this that that uh, are, are 
possibilities, I guess. I'm not sure what type it was. I didn't see the program. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's possible to take a computer program and print a three-dimensional design either in, uh, you can do it in plastic, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, composite material, mm -hmm. um, resin, uh, which really, I guess, is kind of like hardened plastic, really. Sure. Someone's going to argue that, but resin. <laughs> and, uh, or you can do paper, you can do wood, you can do, um, wood's a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do metal, which is crazy. You should be able to, you can print metal. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, these are pretty, it's pretty unique, but um, it's becoming less and less unique, I should say, because uh, the, the technology is becoming more and more, um, I guess, available. Which well, is really cool. It's a, it's an interesting technology, mm -hmm. and it I'll, I'll tell you it's it's saving a lot of time in certain circumstances. But okay, one question I I know you pretty much <laughs> explained it, and I'm sorry if that's, I have to go back to this. That's okay. I haven't really explained anything yet. Uh, well, pardon pardon my pardon my French, Scott. Sure. But what the hell is this? If not magic, this is it. This is amazing. Really is. It is magic. It, it really it's is magic, to be able to print. Actual. Yeah, to be able to print <laughs> to print to three D. Now I've watched I've watched a lot of videos of this, and I've seen mm. I've seen this in action really um, when I worked at Chrysler. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. I, I've I've seen engine parts being created uh, with an SLA process, which is the the hardening of resin. Is that and like it, layers? It's layers. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about how okay. it's it's made. But I've actually seen the parts operated on a work on used on a working engine. So you've got a, a hardened resin material. It depends on what the part is. You can't okay. do this with every part. Right. Um, depends on what's flowing through there and, you know, the heat involved, et cetera, you know, the part. Um, but I have seen um, these these rapid prototype pieces actually being run on a, on a working engine. Uh, it's, it's incredible. And So weird. Later we'll talk about, you know, some of the, the benefits of this and who's using it. And uh, it, it'll make perfect sense to you who's using it right now. Um, there are a lot of people using it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that you know this is the only people that are that are interested in this or mm -hmm. using it. But uh, there's one in particular application that applies to what we usually speak about here, uh, that will make perfect sense to you when we get to it. Okay. Okay. And don't let me forget it. But it's uh, it's in my notes. I'll remember. I won't. Our <laughs> listeners, you can't see this, but I'm making this very specific hand motion. So Scott, if we've forgotten it before then, I'll make that hand motion. That's all right. We can, I guess we should talk about uh, basically how this whole thing works because we're we're describing something that you know it's, it's tough to understand really just just listening to you and I sure. talk. Probably best is as in a lot of cases for the listeners to you know find a website, take a look at this mm -hmm. this in action. You know, YouTube has a lot of videos of this. Yeah. Um, and it's not just you know I mentioned SLA. It's not just that. Um, there's several different types of this, and there's you can search for rapid prototyping. Um, it's, it's called stereolithography, which is SLA. Selective laser sintering, which is SLS. Uh, there's fused deposition modeling, which is FDM. There's paper lamination technology, which is a little different, like I said, mm -hmm. but um, still same, same effect. Um, there's laminated object technology. There's three-dimensional plotting, which I'm not convinced that that's what we're talking about, but um, is in a list of... Of, of rapid prototyping. Um, then there's digital light processing, which is DLP, and patternless casting molding. Um, there's also inkjet technology, which is used to create steel parts. You can you can use an inkjet printer to create steel parts. They're very small, um, and it's not your normal inkjet printer, of course, okay. but it's inkjet technology applied to powdered metal. And the powdered metal is printed in this three-dimensional form, and you can actually build three-dimensional pieces. And the, the, the pieces that I saw were um, chess pieces. 
and they're very, very tiny. I mean, they use the uh, the tip of a pen mm-hmm. in the foreground to show you uh, the, the scale of these pieces. Wow. And they're very detailed. They're very, extremely detailed. Um, and they, they look like normal-sized chess pieces, but they're very small, um, you know, a couple of millimeters in height, really. And I don't know if they do that just for quickness, you know, to get mm-hmm. the, uh, the design uh, to make sure that's that's accurate, or if uh, if that was really going to be the size of the parts, I'm not sure. Or tiny uh, chess competitions. <laughs> oh yeah, did I knock that one out? No, <laughs> yeah, you got that one. That's good. I don't know much I about stun- chess. Yeah, that's tiny chess games. Yeah, 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 yeah that's because that's, right, yeah. that's what we cover on yeah. here is automobiles yeah, and tiny, tiny chess games. Tiny chess players. But okay, I've I've got something. If you want, um, I can break down uh, very briefly uh, how. Mr. Leno himself uh, has how his system works. I would love to hear that. You want to hear that? Yes. Okay. So he has uh, th- he has two uh, items that he uses that are uh, chi- the chief members of his process here. Uh, first, he has a 3D scanner, uh, which the brand name is Next Engine, and this scanner is able to generate a 3D image of the part without having to. Um, you know, normally, if you want to use a 3D printer, you go into uh, AutoCAD or an engineering program mm-hmm. and you build Some kind it. of 3D modeling program. Yes, exactly. Okay. So with this, and because he's working with vehicles that usually have the part already, if it, it's just broken, mm-hmm. um, he just scans that on every single angle. And then he inputs this information into his uh, Dimension 3D printer. And then over, I think, a period of three hours, it builds the part. And the part that it builds actually is, uh, as we said, it's printed from a plastic. So it's not quite done. The third and final step is they use this plastic fabricated part as a mold to cast the actual metal part. Um, He first started using this with a uh, 1907 um, white steamer, I believe is the name of the vehicle. And uh, as we said before, it had this certain heater that you couldn't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter no matter who you were, and uh, so instead they fabricated this part and they made a brand spanking new one. And now he is an owner, a, a proud owner of one of the, you know, sad to say, a few working steamers around. He's um, got a few steam cars, I know. So this yeah. this thing could come in handy. And obviously, it's not just for steam cars, but no. Yeah. Good luck trying to find parts for a, what do you say a 1907 yeah, uh, yeah. steamer vehicle white mm-hmm. steamer. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So, um, but it, but it works. This this particular system that you're talking about works well for scanning parts that are there but broken. Right. If he has parts that are downright missing, mm-hmm. he would have to have somebody design that part, which could which could then be fabricated using the same system. Right. He could have somebody design the part to the right specs. And then build that part, and then and then cast and form that part, which uh, which would then be able to be used as well. So there's yeah. another way around this. Sure, there's a workaround. If, if there's a missing piece, he could still create a piece, and this can be done with um, even panel body panels. It depends on the size of machine that you have. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a, a machine that's not very very large, um, the, you know, this is a good time for me to mention this. Okay. Um, we're talking about some pretty high-end machinery here. This is expensive mm-hmm. stuff, uh, no matter what type you're talking about. I'm sure that the, the prices vary greatly uh, between the, the types of machines, but you know, the, maybe I'm guessing the paper lamination machine mm-hmm. is probably not as expensive as the, uh, um, the metal laser sintering machine mm-hmm. um, because you're talking about metal versus paper, and I sure. just don't know. I'm, not, I'm totally guessing. I've got, a, I've got actually a couple numbers real quick. Um, oh, yeah, please yeah? do. Now, this is... This now, 
regular listeners and and you, my podcast partner, uh, know that I am a cheap person. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with that, and you stuck with me through (laughs) it, and I appreciate that. So naturally, one of the first things I did was look to see what the what the bottom line was for for this hardware. Um, The the printer you can get new. You can get a, a smaller version of this of this printer new. Uh, for just under fifteen grand, hmm. that's not counting, of course, the scanner, which is uh, just under three thousand. They say two nine nine five, so it looks like less. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's still, and that's that's plastic. So I guess we could assume that's the middle ground. You know, hopefully, paper would be a, a bit uh, more, a bit less expensive, and we could assume metal would be a bit pricier. Okay, all right. I'm I'm uh, holding a piece of paper and I'm probably smirking if you can tell. Me. You have a bit of a you look a bit smug. <laughs> I found I found another printer, a 3D printer. Yes, and this is the uh, the restriction on this one though is that this is a desktop 3D printer though. And how oh, cool would that be? Have that's a 3D awesome. de- 3D desktop printer. Yeah. Um it's it's relatively small, but you got to remember what you're getting here, okay? You got to remember that you're able to print to 3D if and if this size application fits your needs then well, you're in luck. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has a build volume. Now, the build volume is what's important here, I guess. Um, it tells you that the, the size of the object that you can build, the maximum size. Oh, I see. And the maximum size of this uh, this particular 3D printer that I'm going to mention here is 5 by 5 by 5. So 5 inches wide, mm-hmm. you know, depth and height. Okay. And uh, that's not terribly big, but you got to remember, if, if it's to sit on your desk, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you're not talking about a big shop item where you're going to be making door panels or something like that, <laughs> right. or an you know an engine block. Um, the entire printer size is only it's only 25 by 20 by 20 is the size of the machine. Wow! So it's kind of like I guess if you had maybe a microwave. Yeah, that's about, about that, that size. About a microwave. Yeah, something like that. So you can make these five by five by five pieces inside this uh, microwave size item that could sit on your desk, and it makes it out of composite plastic. And of course, they're durable parts. They're sandable. They're they're paintable, uh, which most of these that we're talking about are. You can you can sand them and paint them and use them for display object, objects. Um, there's no in, there's no need to uh, infiltrate the items, which you know you like you need to to uh, use on several of them. Again, they make uh, sort of fragile parts. You know the parts are uh, heated and uh, the material. It's like a powder material. It's heated, right. layered. And then they have to be infiltrated with uh, like a, maybe a glue or a, a plastic polymer of some kind uh, to make them sturdy. Um, with this particular item, you don't have to do that, uh, this printer. The price, get this, less than $5,000. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Less than $5,000. Now, th- remember, you're 5 by 5 by 5 so if that fits your needs, less than $5,000 could have a you know desktop 3D printer for you. That's that's a that's a crazy deal. It, that's awesome. Pretty amazing. And and when you think about it, if that does meet your needs, or if you're trying to mm-hmm. satisfy client needs, um, with that, it could be very very valuable. Because um, I mean, I, I can't imagine the difference between being able to hold a prototype part in your hand versus a printout of something. You know, a printout of your part before oh. you're ever able to produce it. Yeah. Um, or just looking at a model on a on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to, to hold that part in your hand and see how it you know has how it works and measure it and and uh, I don't know just get the feel for the part I think that's uh, that's extremely valuable. Yeah, and who when we say this is useful, uh, obviously the applications go beyond just the world of of automobile mm-hmm. uh, enthusiasts, right? So oh, who else could use this? Yeah, there's a lot of different uses. Um, there's 
well, let's see. Of course, we're talking about automobile manufacturing, Definitely. which is one. And it's number one on my list, of course. But mm-hmm. um, engine parts, pistons, bearings, you know, whatever, whatever you need to make, intake manifolds, exhaust manifolds, whatever. Entire engine blocks. I've seen engine blocks done in this before, where um, all the cooling jackets and everything are in place. They can they can test it for flow if they wanted to. They That's could, crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Is that the what, not to interrupt uh, with too much of a change? Mm-hmm. But remember how you were telling me, I don't know if we were on air, but you were mentioning to me one time the friend of yours who works on fabricating uh, classic auto parts. Oh, um, he, was, he was a locator. Okay. He, he located parts. So he was, uh, he was calling everywhere and, you know, online mm-hmm. and, you know, just, just trying to find the parts, um, you know, having them shipped to him mm-hmm. and then refurbishing them. Their factory, however, did uh, create metal parts. And I don't know if they used a system like this or not, but I know that they were... Uh, casting or pouring, um, you know, engine cylinder heads and things like that. But um, I have no idea if they were doing it this way or if they were doing it, you know, kind of the old-fashioned way, making a sand cast. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm just not exactly sure. I couldn't say if okay. positive. But um, that's a good, good call back there. Um, <laughs> you got a good memory. So um, another, another, well, there's a few other applications of this, and there's probably hundreds of others. I'll just mention a few. But um, inventors, of course, you know, the desktop item that we just yeah, talked about. Yeah, good call. Desktop printer. Yeah. They might be able to use something like this because it's a way to make relatively cheap um, and fast parts. I mean, it mm-hmm. may take hours or days to, to build this part. It only take uh, only took a couple of minutes in, mm-hmm. or hours maybe in, in the case that you saw. But um, depending on the size of the part, uh, it could, be, could take a couple of days uh, because you're talking about uh, layers or slices of these of these items that are that are sometimes thousands of an inch thick. So if you're mm-hmm. making a large item, you can imagine that you know a thousand layers or more, seven thousand layers per right. inch. Uh, it'd take a long time to build that up. Definitely. Um, another application is of course toys. I've seen a lot of those being made. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of toys are made that way. Uh, the chess pieces that we mentioned earlier. And here um, we are without our own line of uh, a Scott Ben and Jerry action figures. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. You could you could easily make that. <laughs> You could wow. easily do that, and and that's that's what's incredible about, the, about this is that, you know, things like that are possible now. Yeah. Um, and I guess sort of within reach if you're talking about you know mm-hmm. relatively low dollar amounts. Um, I know they're still expensive, but well, in compared to what they were, yeah, yeah, to the typical overhead. Sure. Yeah, that's right. And uh, let's see, there are jewelry jewelry applications. Um, you could you know custom make these uh these fittings and i don't know if they would use it the same way to make a mold you know what you're talking about the, to then cast metal or they could uh, actually okay. make metal jewelry they could um, yeah. yeah which is pretty amazing just have it uh appear in yeah. this machine um the next this is really cool okay i, I got kind of hooked on this yesterday i was looking at artwork you can make sculptures metal sculptures and a lot of these um as it turns out are really complex mathematical designs and they're making them out of metal or plastic, but me- the metal ones are really cool. And they're they're about five hundred bucks each, and they're pretty big, but mm-hmm. they are works of art. They're really really interesting designs, and these just fantastic um, um, geometric designs that you know you can use you can display them as you know fine art in your house. Really, they're sculptures. You can you can uh, light them different way, various ways, put them on shelves mm-hmm. as knickknacks, whatever you want to do. But they're really interesting to look at. I'd, I'd say. Give that a shot if you get a that's, chance. That's incredible, man. If we can just get a hold of one of these metal fabricators, mm-hmm. then uh, we can go full-time into the art business. <laughs> that's right. We could, I guess. I mean, as long as you can keep coming up with these uh, 
you know, fantastic mathematical. Now, when I say that, it doesn't sound all that exciting, right? Uh, just mathematical shapes. But I tell you, when you see them, you've never seen anything like these shapes. They're they're unbelievable. Take a look at them. I think, yeah, maybe a good example, because I completely agree. If you haven't seen them, there's a, it's very difficult to describe. Mm -hmm. But maybe one of the ones we're talking about here is the Mobius strip. Uh, there are sculptures of that, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah, I, you know what? That's actually one I have seen. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. They're really really cool. And the thing is that they're designs that were previously unable to be made in the way that they're made. These are single pieces. They're 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 one continuous piece of metal, and you know because it's been fused together. Now I should say that they're 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 layered. Sure. However, they become they're fused into one continuous piece of metal, so you don't have seams or you don't have you know, pouring, uh, mm -hmm. casting um, edges, I guess. There's no seams. Um, they're, they're designs and shapes that were, you know, like I said, they were previously impossible because you couldn't get a tool or, or um, um, something in, the, in there to cut that design or that shape out uh, of a single block of material. Yeah. And uh, that, when you think about that in car design, that makes this whole world of possibilities uh, open up um, because you know, then you're able to go for strict, uh, strictly function, mm. and maybe the form doesn't have to match what it did in the past. It can be something completely unique. Oh man! And so there's, nice. yeah, if you really, if you really, really sit down to think about it, some of the thing, some of the reasons that th reasons that parts are designed the way they are is because of the tooling or the way that they had to make the part. Now, hmm. if you can make that part in a different way, that opens up a whole new world. I did not even think about that. Yeah. What a good point. No, it's possible. I've seen, I mean, this is really cool. And we're, again, we're getting off track here. There's one more that I want to mention, but um, I've seen a lot of people making bearings with this. And what's fascinating about that is that you're talking about a captured bearing inside of a uh, housing, a bearing mm -hmm. shell. And then when you're done with this, um, if it's the powder design, which, you know, then hardens the powder, you're able to kind of break those free and you can actually make a, a working spinning bearing that that actually you can you can turn in your hand take it right out of the printer and operate this thing weird yeah it's really cool and if you could do that and you can do that with metal mm -hmm. uh, some of these require a light acid bath to uh, dissolve some of the uh, the material that's used as like a, a bracing material or mm -hmm. a, um, um, I guess a uh, I don't know what I want to say here like a like a, a material that's used to prop something up um, well, it's being made. It doesn't. It's just part of a support structure. Oh yeah, you can see that sometimes because uh, there's a tray that people pull out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that people pull out some of these fabricated materials from. Yeah, that sentence almost confused <laughs> that's, me. That's all right. And so they have to crack it off, and then yes. there's a, a cleaning process. Yeah, that's right. And that's the support structure you're seeing. So they can't. It can't like completely flat on the uh, on the table when you make it. Right. Uh, they have to prop it up. You know, it looks almost like a lattice work. Mm -hmm. uh, that's easily dissolved or cut away. Um, so that, that's part of a lot of these designs, but um, that's really relatively minor. What, what's our what's our last? The user? last one, and this one's really cool: biomedical devices. Um, so in the medical profession, let's say that you need a uh, a new hip. Mm -hmm. um, they are able to make an MRI scan or a CT scan, and exactly match your bone structure. Uh, they can they can make a model of your hip and then build a piece to fit that exactly. Um, or um, I've also seen this used for facial reconstruction, so they can make unbelievable models. Um, you know, let's say, you know, I've, I've seen this before, you're missing part of a cheek or mm -hmm. an eye socket or something like that. They can reconstruct that material 
uh, with whatever you know the, the safe material that they use inside your body. I'm not sure what that is exactly. If it's you know if it's metal or what it is. Right. Uh, but these these are precise biomedical models that can be used to build uh, you know quality parts. Accurate, extremely accurate. And and custom, they can you know with these scans mm-hmm. used in in combination with an MRI scan or a CT scan or I don't know if there are other ones or not, but um, precise medical models, and that's really important. And not only that, they can use it for surgery planning. So let's say they, um, um, I don't know the structure around. Let's say your your skull. Sure. They could make a model of just your skull, Ben, and figure out what the best approach is to get to a tumor or, um, you know, a growth or whatever happens to be there. That's mind-blowing. It is. It's unbelievable. And that, that I mean, that could seriously save some lives. What, yeah. what would you say are some of the advantages or drawbacks of these fabricators just as it pertains to autos? As it pertains to autos? Now, I thought about this and the advantages and the drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, cost is an advantage right now because yeah. it's uh, it's cheap. It's a relatively cheap way to try try a new part on a vehicle and um we'll see how it fits see how it looks see how it you know it reacts i guess mm-hmm. um drawbacks um <laughs> i don't i don't know if there are any drawbacks uh maybe boy i guess for the general public i mean maybe cost at this point because sure i don't have five thousand dollars for a printer right now to build yeah. something like this but i don't even know if i'd call it a drawback because five thousand dollars that's that's unbelievable when you think about what you can do with this thing. Right. What do you yeah. think a drawback might be? I, I I don't know if you do know or not, but um, I've got one. It's oh, a good. it's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Come come with me here and and see <laughs> see if we see if we can figure this out. Um, one thing that I noticed there there's a bit of a division among uh, car collectors, especially very sophisticated collectors. Um, you know, celebrities or or people who have a lot of money invested in this. Um, some car collectors want their vehicles to be completely original, mm. completely vintage. And as we move forward, because I think this technology will probably uh, continue to proliferate. The price points will probably go down. I mean, who knows? The desktop version now is $5,000. How much before it's uh, 3000 or mm. even 2500 and oh, a lot of people 2500 get 2500 and a, and a bigger... Uh, yeah, build and, capability. Sure, and more bang for your buck. Yeah, and then at that point, uh, as it becomes uh, easier and easier to fabricate vehicles and and you know to take uh, to build a brand new Model A or something, you know, the collectors and the curators of American auto history or world auto history are going to have a tougher and tougher time trying to figure out how to find the original pieces hmm. after uh, a certain number of the new pieces come out, especially since the people making these new pieces are doing their level best to make them indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. You're so, talking about actual metal fabrication and yeah. uh, using the materials that were originally used uh, right. for that vehicle. I understand. Right. Yeah, yeah, that may be, may be a uh, future concern. You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be a long time from now. And sure. You have to be... Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know if people are making exact replicas of cars, that's <laughs> that's a, that's a big project. But I think it's uh, well, why not? Why isn't it possible? Well, let me level with you here, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried really hard to find a drawback. <laughs> that was the best yeah, the, I could come up. There with. aren't many, and you know, one thing I, I know we're kind of wrapping up here. There's yeah. one more thing that I need to. to Lay it I on had me. mentioned that there's one kind of big thing that uh, was uh, I, I wanted to talk about here at the end. Yeah, yeah. 
Formula One is using this in the wind tunnel. And here's why this is important. Because they're able to make aerodynamic changes in the wind tunnel within a matter of hours now to the to the bodies of their cars to gain speed and uh, you know downforce or, or lift or whatever they need at the moment. This is unbelievable to watch this in action because they're within hours they can make new body panels to actually try on the vehicle in the wind tunnel based on the uh, the data that they're receiving from that testing that day. So maybe it's overnight, you know, maybe they have to mm-hmm. run apart overnight, depending on the size of this part. But they have these large SLA, which is the stereolithography um, type of uh, device. We, had, we didn't really talk about that one, but um, that's the one that's resin, uh, okay. the resin material. And it's cured with a laser, and uh, it's got this big bath of material. It's really cool. Um, but they use, they use stereolithography, and for them to be able to, to do that so quickly, um, every team really should have this. I don't know if every team does or not, but, uh, you know, to keep a level playing field, I suppose. Yeah. Because uh, I was watching the BMW team uh, use theirs, not in person, just online, you know, seeing what they had. And I uh, wish I could see it in person. One um, day. You know, maybe someday. But they, um, it, it was just remarkable how, how quickly they're able to adapt to what they need. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's it's just, a, I think it's a really interesting um, application of this technology. And I'm I'm sure that other racing teams are doing this. I know that Formula One, of course, they got a pile of money. Right. Um, that's probably why they've got it right now. And I'm, I would guess that other racing teams do this as well, um, not only with aerodynamic pieces but um, engine parts as well. I mean, yeah. every, every little bit counts. Yes, I, I completely agree. And we don't know where the future of this technology could end because they could use it in car accidents. Or, you know, if you own one of these printers in the future when you can print out – a new uh, tail light casing. Or oh, something. I see. Okay, when you said you could use it in car accidents, no, no, not to cause them. Jeez, what kind of? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I see what you're saying. You can yeah. fix your fix your own car. Yeah, really, but print your own parts. And that's just you know, I just made that up. I now, think so. I think speed may be the future of this technology because right now with uh, with the time it takes, it does take a long time. But, uh, well, when you look at it relatively, maybe mm-hmm. not, because yeah, you're, you're creating something brand new. But speed, if they could speed this up so that uh, you can make, I guess, bigger, faster yeah. parts, um, that sounds really cool to me. Yeah, who knows? You know what, Scott? I, I guess that's all the time we have for today, but I've got to tell you, I'm excited about this. We might even have to come back to this topic uh, as it develops. Um, but to our listeners out there, you guys, uh, we hope that you found this as fascinating as we do. If you have any questions about the future of uh, anything automotive, please feel free to send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? 
Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.